some things emotionally, but the Lord said, well, you're speaking on opposition, and that's what's supposed to happen, right? Because when we're doing the will of God, opposition is going to come, Amen. right? And, and sometimes we, we, we think that because we come into the things of the Lord that we're just going to be on cruise control, hmm. right? I wish it was like that, but, it, 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 you know, truth <laughs> is, <laughs> truth is, it's not, and it's a part of our growth, though, you know, yeah. it's a part of the growth, God allows it to happen, yes. right, and we have to understand that the devil can't touch us, Amen. right, Amen. without God's permission, right, Amen. so no matter what attacks that we face, mm. know that God knows, right? right, regardless yes. of what we face, regardless yes. of what we're going yes. through, God knows. Yes. Right? So, Amen. just like with Job, you know, a lot of people be under the impression that the devil inquired about Job to God. But no. God mentioned Job yes, to did. the devil. Yes, right? He but he knew the devil was watching him. But see, the devil said, I can't touch him because you protect him. Right? Yeah. Same thing with us. So, God allowed him to do a little bit by a little bit. Right? And, and God's going to allow that to happen with us. Right? But... If we're, like I said, if we're doing the will of God, that's supposed to happen. Yeah. Because Jesus said that if he was persecuted, the prophets of old were persecuted. Mm -hmm. Paul was persecuted. What we'll make us think we're not going to go through things, right? That's right. And, it, you know, and it's not always going to be physical. It's going to be spiritual too, mm -hmm. right? But that's why we got to be wise, right? And we got to be able to discern things so we don't get caught up. And then because a lot of times when we go through things, we... Focusing on self, right? It's easy to do because even with my little bit, I started focusing on self, me, right? Just being transparent, but that's not what God wants. But that's what the enemy wants. Mm -hmm. He wants us to focus in on ourselves. He wants us to struggle. And because if we're struggling, we can't do kingdom work. If we're struggling, it's going to be even more difficult to pray. If we're, if we're struggling, how can we share the gospel message with other people? Amen. Right? So... But God wants us to be aware. Jesus wants us to be aware of all this. Right? So, let's turn to Matthew chapter 11. Alright, Matthew chapter 11, and we're going to start at verse 1. But in chapter 10, 
Jesus sends out the 12 disciples, right? And I call it like, when I read that, I say he's sending them out on their practicals, right? Because they don't watch Jesus uh, preach the gospel of the kingdom. They don't watch Jesus teach. They don't watch Jesus heal and perform miracle after miracle. Now Jesus said, I'm going to send you out two by two. Now it's time for you to, uh, <clears throat> to step up, show me what you learned, right? So, and we'll, we'll, we'll come back to Matthew 10. I'm, I'm definitely probably not going to get through all this today. But, um, you know, he sends them out. He says, I send you out as sheep among wolves, right? Why? Because they're doing kingdom work, right? And the wolves are going to try to stop that, right? So we're all sheep. We're, we're all sheep. And there are wolves out there that the enemy is going to try to bring to get us, veer us off course, right? And we've talked about it before. It can come through anybody. It, it could come through another brother or sister in Christ. It come through a family member. come through our children, um, our parents, whoever. You know, co-worker, supervisor, whoever, whatever. A stranger. But, again, we have to be able to discern some things that we have to be ready for. We, we can't. A lot of times when opposition happens, we get caught off guard, right? We get caught off guard because we start just walking, walking, mind our business, and then we're like, God, why me? Why me? Why is this happening to me? I'm sure we all said that, right? Why, you know, and God is like, why not you, right? That's right. And that's what Jesus is saying, why not you? That That's what I had to go through, <laughs> so why wouldn't you go through it, right? So, it is what it is. Alright, so Matthew chapter 11, uh, verse 1. So now, you know, John the Baptist is in prison. And John the Baptist, like any of us, experienced some doubts. Alright? We, we all go through some moments where we experience doubts, just like Thomas experienced doubts. We, we can experience doubts. That's okay. So, John sends two of, his, two of his disciples to Jesus to ask him if he's the one. Alright, so we'll pick up here. Uh, Verse 1, now it came to pass when Jesus finished commanding his 12 disciples that he departed from there to teach and to preach in their cities. And when John had heard in prison about the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said to, said to him, are you, the one, are you the coming one or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said to them, go and tell John the things which you hear and see. The blind see and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. Alright, we stop right there. Actually, I'll, I'll verse 6. And blessed is he, and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Alright, so here, here John said in Jesus, because like, like I mentioned before, that they were looking for a political uh, king. They were looking for a political deliverance, right? Kind of like some of the churches today, right? Even through all elections, they were looking for political deliverance, but Jesus was coming for a spiritual deliverance, right? So a lot of a lot of Christians got caught off guard, um, well, not caught off guard, but ran off track during these past elections, and even now because they're looking for political deliverance when it's supposed to be spiritual deliverance, right? And that spiritual deliverance is coming through us, right? Because we're born again, we're saved, we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, and we're to be doing kingdom work. And that's what Jesus sends back to the disciples. That's the message, right? He doesn't say, he doesn't preach to the, to, to the two disciples that come for John. He doesn't teach them to say, hey, 
No, go tell them what you're seeing in here, right? Because John the Baptist needed a little reminder there, right? Just sometimes, like all of us, we may need a reminder. We may have to call somebody, talk to somebody, and, and they might have to smack us upside the head sometimes. Yeah. Like, you know, what are you thinking? <laughs> and then we get right back on track, right? Because when you're in prison, you got a lot of long time, a lot of time to think, right? Amen. So John the Baptist probably was like, all right, where's this? What's going on? What's going on? Right? And like I said, we've all been there, right? So here, they were again, they were looking for political deliverance because the Jews were being oppressed by the Romans, right? The only people who were probably happy at this time were the religious leaders, right? That's why they persecuted Jesus, right? Because they had their positions, they were fine, they had their prestige, they had their titles, and they were free to pretty much continue to do what they were doing, uh, teach, kind of oppress the people, right? While they still go out and they sin, right? And nobody's holding them accountable, right? It's kind of like some of the pastors today, right? It's no different, right? So there's nothing new under the sun. So that's why it's good for us to learn our history, right? Because if we don't learn from history, then history is bound to repeat itself. And we see it through time, right? We even see it with, with just Israel alone. As many times as they turned on God, right? And then God would deliver them to another nation. And then God would deliver them from that nation. And then they go right back mm -hmm. to turning and turn their backs on them, right? But we have to learn. We, we have to learn and we can't make the mistakes from that. Alright, so jumping down to verse 12. Same chapter. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. Alright, so let's turn to Acts chapter 26. Acts chapter 26, uh, verse 15. And this is where Paul, Apostle Paul, he's, he's, uh, he's captive, um, and he's coming before King Agrippa, and basically he's giving his testimony. Alright, so Acts chapter 26, verse 15. <clears throat> so this is Paul speaking. So I said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. So that goes back again to, we talked about it a few weeks ago, that nobody trained Paul, that God revealed it to him. Jesus revealed it to him. All right, verse 17. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. So we're all familiar. Paul was out there persecuting the church and now he, he, uh, he got delivered and now he's going out and bringing the gospel message to the Gentiles, which he did. Verse 18, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the authority of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Alright, so in Galatians 1.13, uh, Paul writes, For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God beyond measure and tried to des destroy it. Right, so we were all once in darkness. Yes. Right, 
No matter who we are, no matter when we got saved, we were all once in darkness, right? So, I like to attribute it, break it down to this, where we're all familiar with games, right? We're, you know, not that we're all a part of games, but we all kind of have a concept of what a game is. So, let's take a game, if, generally speaking, if somebody wanted to leave a game, it would be kind of hard for them to leave a game, right? So, just imagine, you leave a game, and then now, you're not only leaving the game, but now you're going to go join another game. Right? You're going to join another game, and that's, that's, that's a, a rival game, smaller but more powerful than you. Right? That's what happened when we left the kingdom of darkness to go to the kingdom of light. Right? So, when I'm saying that, when you, if you go to join the other game, then your former game member is going to be upset. Right? So, the devil is going to be upset. When we leave the kingdom of darkness, he's going to be upset. He's going to be upset because now we're coming over to serve God. That's what he doesn't want. And not only are we coming over to serve God, but like Paul, we're going to take the message to other people. Right? So why would he want us to share the gospel message with anybody else? Right? He's going to try to hinder that. He's going to try to put stumbling blocks before us. Right? Not necessarily always physically, but spiritually. Right? Sometimes we may be walking and all of a sudden somebody starts acting up and acting weird, right? So if it doesn't make sense, then more than likely that, that, that's the uh, devil working through them, right? Not that they'll be possessed, but they'll just be influenced by things, right? Or, or whatever. It, 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 it could be anything. It could be us getting our cars fixed and the mechanic making a mistake or something, right? You know, the devil will do anything to get us frustrated to try to get us off track. And we have to be aware of his schemes and his devices, right? Because the opposition is going to come, the persecution is going to come, and we already know the persecution is going to get worse in this country for the church, right? So, but we can't be veered off by that, right? Because Jesus tells us the blessing is even in the persecution, right? We always look towards the end of the obstacles and the issues that we face, but the blessing is actually going through it, right? Because we're growing through it. Right? And we should be growing closer to God through it. Right? But a lot of times, when we're first going through it, we start whining, we start complaining. Right? And then sometimes, let's, let's be real, we get mad at God. Right? Sometimes we can find ourselves getting mad at God. We may not realize it at first, but we'll take it out on somebody else, but we're really upset with God because He's, he's having us go through these things. But we're supposed to go through them. Right? So we can't think it's strange when we face opposition. Amen. Alright, so let's uh, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. And see, I, I'll be transparent. Like, I was in a little funk because I saw some things and I haven't felt this way in, in a number of years. And I'm like, why is this happening? Why do these people who are not doing right get this type of accolade, I said, I don't understand it. So I, I got a little upset. Right? And, I, and then, um, but the Lord dealt with me about it. Dealt with me about 4, four o'clock this morning. <laughs> After having a dream. <laughs> After having a dream. So, um, so yeah, so, but, you know, God is good, so he showed me some things. So, I'm going I'm to hit those scriptures here in a little bit. But, um, so 2 Timothy uh, chapter 2, verse 3. All right, so you therefore, this is Paul speaking to Timothy, 
right? So Timothy was facing opposition from some older people, some religious people, right? So Timothy, for those that are young, well, don't don't know, was a young young minister, right? So sometimes when you go against a seasoned people, sometimes they try to hold hold that against you, right? But it doesn't matter how old you are, right? It's about how much you being obedient to God, right? So that that's what matters here. So Paul speaking to Timothy, verse three: You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, right? So what's a hardship? Trouble, evil, distress, right? So we're in the army of the Lord, right? So we're in the army of the Lord, right? So real soldiers in the military can't whine and complain, right? Well, they can, but they're going to be looked at funny, right? So most don't, right? So we can't whine and complain because we know we are in a war. We're in a spiritual war, right? So we know that we can't fight flesh and blood, but a lot of times that's what we try to do, right? So, but we're, we're, we're battling evil forces, right? We're battling because God is working through us in this world, right? So we have to endure through those hardships. And that's okay, right? That's okay. It's not meant for us to quit, even though some people will quit. But we can't quit. We have to keep going. We have to keep persevering. So verse 4, so no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So we know that the Lord enlisted us as a soldier. So we can't get entangled with the cares of this world. Right? Regardless of what is going on, just like with me, right? And what I was seeing, I can't get caught up in that. Right? Because that's the care of this world. Right? Regardless of what somebody else does, I can't get caught up in that. Right? Even with our money, our cars, our houses, right? We can't get caught up in that stuff, right? Because that's not what we're here about. That, that, that's, that's not, we talked about it before. I think you mentioned it. Uh, I know I mentioned it before, but I think you mentioned it not too long ago that all this stuff's not real, right? All this stuff's not real, but we get caught up in it where we have to have this, this is not going, so what, right? So what? Does it, does it not feel good? Yeah, yeah, but we have to endure, right? We're, we're going to face those trials. We're going to face those tribulations. But with Jesus Christ, we can get through it. Amen. 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 All right, so I'm going to read this next verses from the Amplified. This is what he gave me. Uh, all right, so verse 24. This is what he showed me this morning, which was for me. All right, the servant of the Lord must not participate in quarrels, but must be to everyone. Right? Everyone includes everyone. The people we love, the people we don't like, you know, the people who mistreat us, who talk about us, we still must be kind. Okay, Even tempered, persevering peace, and he must be skilled in teaching, patient, and tolerant when wrong. Right? We don't, we don't, we don't like to hear that. Right? Okay. So, 25. He must correct those who are in opposition with courtesy and gentleness in the hope that God may grant that they will repent and be led to the knowledge of the truth, accurately understanding and welcoming it. So we can't come harsh at people regardless of how they act, right? So even no matter what the enemy tries to bring to us or against us, we got to endure, right? We got to endure, right? So we know, according to Matthew 28, and in Mark chapter 16, um, with the Great Commission, 
that we're to go out there and we're to make disciples, right? Mm -hmm. We're to make disciples, we're, we're to teach all nations, right? So all nations means ethnicities, people groups, right? So we're to go out there to everybody, right? And we're to cast out demons. Do we actually think the enemy's going to want that? No, he's not going to want that, right? He's going to prevent us from doing that because he does not want people delivered, right? He does not want people, he wants people bound and walking around hurt, wounded, with unforgiveness. That, that, that's what he wants. That's what he would like from us, right? He wants us to be offended by people. So we won't do the work of the Lord, right? So even if somebody offends us, we still should have enough of the fruit in us to still share the love of Christ with them. Amen. Right? And, and we have, and that goes back again to us crucifying our flesh. Right? Because our flesh doesn't want to do it. Right? It, it's eye for eye. Two for two. Right? When somebody does us wrong. That, that, that's what we want to do. Right? That's what our flesh wants to do. Right? And sometimes we fell victim to that. Right? Sometimes I, I fell victim to that. Right? But that's wrong. That, that's not how we're supposed to do it. But we're supposed to go out and fulfill the Great Commission. Amen. Amen. So, in Matthew chapter 10, we're not going to turn there yet. Uh, Jesus sends the two, uh, disciples out, sheep among wolves. They are sent not to just graze, right? We know sheep can be harmless, right? They don't hurt anybody. They, they just graze in the grass, right? And it, 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 But he sends them out to do a work, right? So, what is that work? Making disciples. Doing kingdom work, right? Doing the Father's will. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And if we're doing that according to the God's standard, then yes, opposition is going to come. See, the enemy doesn't care. Truth be told, the enemy doesn't care if we're doing things where it doesn't require the supernatural too much, right? Mm -hmm. So what do I mean by that? We can go out, we can feed the homeless, right? They'll be, he'll be okay with that if nobody's getting delivered, mm -hmm. right? So we have a lot of churches out there that are feeding the homeless, and uh, really, truth be told, we can just go help them, right? We can help them, and people will consider us to be good people, and that's fine, but let people start getting delivered. Now the enemy is going to bring opposition, right? And the opposition is not going to just come from religious leaders, but the opposition will come from the unbelievers, right? Think about this for a moment. If we're going out there doing the miracles and the work that Jesus did, and people are getting healed. You think the doctors are going to be happy? You think the hospital is going to be happy? Mm -mm. Nope. Nope. And I think back to uh, years ago, for, the, for some may know, uh, but R. Roberts had a hospital in Tulsa, right? So it was supposed to be basically a faith-based hospital, and people would go there. So if you were saved and you worked in the medical field, that was a hospital to be at. Because... You can go there and you can pray on people, uh, lay hands on people, preach the word, and it was designed for people to go there and get healed and delivered, right? Um, now, it ended up, it ended up folding um, due to financial reasons, but let's say that hospital stayed there, right? And people were getting healed. People were coming there, born again believers, unbelievers coming there, getting healed, getting saved. You think those other hospitals would have been okay with that? No. Mm -mm. They would have. They would have done everything possible to try to close them down, right? They wouldn't be why because it'd be taking money from them, yeah. right? 
and all, all glory is going to God, but it would be taking money from them. So they wouldn't be happy with that, right? But again, that's opposition. That's the type of opposition that will come from us if we're doing kingdom work, right? Now, if we're not doing kingdom work, like I said, we can go out there and do certain things and it could just be considered charity, right? But kingdom work is going to bring change. It's going to be to bring deliverance to people, right? So we have to be bold enough to go out to people and pray over them, right? Regardless of what ailment they have, right? Um, regardless of what someone may be suffering with, we're extensions of Jesus Christ, right? So all each and every one of us are extension cords, right? So that's what we have to do. And if we're doing that, then yeah, opposition is going to come. And that's okay. We're going to endure it. We're, we're, we're going to endure it, right? Yeah. Churches may talk about us, but that's okay, right? As long as people are getting delivered, that's really, that's ultimately what's, what matters, right? People getting saved and people getting delivered and healed. That's, that's what's matter. That's, that's doing kingdom work, right? So, and we really haven't had, uh, I can say over the last few years, good examples of that overall, right? But there are churches that are doing that, right? But they don't get the notoriety, right? They, they just don't. Um, and it's designed that way, again, because we know that the devil is the prince of the, of the power of the air, right? So he's not going to give them publicity for those ministries that are doing that, right? He's going to give the publicity to those that are not doing anything, mm -hmm. right? Because it's okay for people just to come in, sit down, hear a word. It's just like I said, I think I said this on Wednesday, right? We shouldn't feel comfortable in church, right? If we're coming, we're comfortable then that's a little problem, right? Because truth be told, if we're preaching the true message and we're preaching about and teaching about holiness and things like that, people are not going to be comfortable with it. They're just not, right? Because some people do want to stay in their sin, right? They don't want to get right. They don't understand also the role of the Holy Spirit in that as well. That's why the Lord gave us the comforter, right? And I've said this before, Churches, Christians, we're leaving the Holy Spirit out. And we, we can't do that. Holy Spirit is here to do a work, right? Amen. To do a work in us and through us. Yes. And and we have to allow Him to, to, to reign in us, yes. right? And we have to submit and we have to surrender to Him as well. Yes. Amen? Amen. Amen. So understand, some things happen where we can't necessarily blame the devil, right? Some things happen. So something happened to us this week where... <laughs> my wife took the truck out and we ended up getting a flat tire in the, in, in the truck, right? So she called me up and uh, she said, hey, I got a flat. I already knew about Tony Hill Boys. It wasn't good news, right? <laughs> 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 so anyway, so she was like, uh, oh, so I said, all right. I said, um, I'll call uh, the insurance company for them to come and change change the um, tire, right? So they initially said 50 minutes, but ended up being like 10 minutes because they were right there. Oh, yeah, God. yeah, they were, they were right there. <laughs> anyway, she's shaking her head. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I'm trying to get to. Stop trying to talk about my <laughs> But I will say initially, the thoughts running through my head, like, why did she go out there with the truck? You know, why? I, I say, 
it, it, and I had this conversation with the barber too. I was like, you know, she could go out there. She probably didn't pray before she went out there. <laughs> and all this happened. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> well, that's what I'm getting to because it would have been easy for me to say sometimes, well, I wouldn't have said it, but people say, well, the devil put the nail on the tie, but that's not, you know, that's not the devil, right? That, this is something that happened, but God worked it out for good. So the tie wasn't even a year old, so I, now I'm thinking I got to spend $200 for a tie, right? But long story short, the barber actually told me about some place I ended up only spending $15. Right. For the, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Did you check for your warranty on the tires? Oh no. Oh no. No, I didn't do it. But it, it's it, it's good. It's got actually the same tire. He, he they they took care of it. Yeah. 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 But if I had went somewhere else, they probably would have uh, maybe buy a whole new tire. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but you know. I say that to say, because sometimes we get worked up with things and God ends up working yeah, things yeah. out, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, so again, that's yeah. part of enduring the hardships and things like that. God, God will work everything out. Yeah. She's just got just a little crushed your legs. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're absolutely right. So the problem comes in when we think we won't face any opposition and think we will just go out and do the Lord's will, and we're going to be fine, right? Yeah. That, that's not the reality of the kingdom, right? That, 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 it, it, it's just not, right? Um, yeah, it is, it is. But going back to Matthew 11 and 12, and from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. See, this scripture doesn't refer to Christians trying to enter the kingdom of God by any means necessarily, because some people teach that. Right? But violent things are going to come against us, right? Yeah. Violent, not necessarily physically all the time, but again spiritually, right? Um, because we live in a fallen world, right? So, suffer violence here. Suffer, suffer violence means to use force to inflict violence, right? So it will come against us to keep us from doing God's will for our lives and bringing others into the kingdom for, for the growth of the kingdom, right? That's why it comes against us, right? So, that's why we could count it a blessing. We could count it a blessing when we go through because it is a good thing, right? But it can't stop us. It, it can only stop us if we allow it to stop us, right? Because it's not created to stop us, right? Because the devil can only come at us so much, right? Because no matter what, God's protection is still around us, right? But we got to stay in his will because if we get out of his will, now we're out of his protection circle. Right? But if we're in His will, now, we're good. We're good. Right? So, but again, it doesn't mean it may not come against us, but again, there's only so much the enemy can do to us. Thanks, right? right? So, we count it a blessing because if He's coming against us, that's a good thing. We're doing Lord's will. Right? So, we're to count it all joy. Amen. Yep. Amen. Amen. Alright, so... Many have trouble understanding this verse because we look at the violence as being physical, which it can, which it can be, but it's also spiritual, right? So sometimes we, you know, sometimes we may be somewhere we may just feel a, a darkness, right? But we have to pray that off, right? We have to pray that off because we talked about it before months ago that the enemy attacks the mind, right? So just like even with the tide, where he's trying to attack my mind, 
right? Just even the little things he gets because of what? It's the little foxes, mm -hmm. right? It's the little foxes, the little things that he does to try to drive us, to, to weaken us a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes, with some people, it may only take a little bit, right? It may only take a little bit, right? But with others, more mature Christians, it may take a little bit more, right? But we should not allow that to get us off course. We, we shouldn't. And we should know and we should expect that the opposition is going to come, right? Not that we're looking for it, right? But it's just that we're doing the will of God. And that the enemy doesn't like that, right? He doesn't want, he wants this to be a dark, cold world, right? Which it is. Why? Because he's the, he's the ruler of this world. He's the God of this world, right? First Corinthians 4 tells us that, right? So we have to understand that things may not come as easy as we like in our lives, right? So trust me. I would love things to be easy. <laughs> I would love for it to be easy, but it's not going to work that way. It, it, it's just not, right? So, the enemy wants us to forsake Christ, right? And, and, and put our trust in Him. And we're like, well, I would never put my trust in Him. But the minute that we focus in on the cares of the world, that's what we're actually doing, right? We're putting our trust in Him instead of putting our trust in, in the Lord. Because, like I said, he is the ruler of this world. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter 4, and I'll begin reading verse 1. I'm going to read verse 1 through 6. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. For we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus our Lord. That's who we should be preaching. Jesus, not ourselves. And ourselves your bond service for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So everywhere we go, we're sharing the light. Right? So understand that we were all, like I said earlier, we were all once blinded. We were all walking in darkness. But we have to understand and we have to know that the devil is the God of this age. So, the God of this age means major influence on the ideals, opinions, goals, hopes, and views of the majority of people. I'll read that again. The God of this age means major influence on the ideals, opinions, goals, hopes, and views of the majority of people. His influence also encompasses the world's philosophies, education, and commerce. The thoughts, ideas, speculations, and false religions of the world are under his control. And has sprung from his lies and deceptions. Right? I listened to, uh, well, I didn't listen to my, I, I read an article this week where somebody was saying that, um, what did he say? He said, because uh, somebody was talking, I guess they asked him about the freedom of religion. Right? And he said, well, he, don't believe, he doesn't believe in the freedom of religion. This is the pastor speaking, right? And I read the article and, and I got his point. His point was, why should we have the freedom of religion for all these other religions to take place? Right. And, and I, he didn't say this in the article, but I thought about it. Think about it. If they tried to persecute us and shut, up, shut us up, could they really stop the church? 
No. They can't stop the church. Right? And because think about it, the devil has tried for centuries, right? But the church is still going, right? Now we're kinda in a weakened state in today, but because we've grown complacent, right? But he can't stop the church. But all these other religions can be stopped, right? Because we, we have to remember we have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. Right? So he can't stop us. Right? He he can't stop us and we have to recognize that. So um Let's turn to uh, Matthew chapter 5. Get ready to close up soon. Alright, Matthew chapter 5, verse 10. Again. <laughs> Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. See, it's a blessing. <laughs> Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. What does Jesus say here? Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. See, when things happen, we don't get upset, but we count it as a blessing. We, we count it as a blessing. And, and that's how we have to look at it, as, as a blessing. Does it hurt? Yeah, it does, right? But it's just making us stronger, right? And even in the midst of the storm, we should continue to seek and press into God. Because, understand, 1 Peter 5 says what? That the devil's roaming around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour, right? So again, it's the little things, right? Just like he was trying to do Job, right? But he didn't realize God was watching him the whole time, right? So same thing he may try to do it. God is watching over us. God is protecting us. we got angels all around us, right? We have, again, we have God on the inside of us, right? Because we are the temple. We are the temple, right? So we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid to go into the dark alleys or anything like that. Right? We don't have to be afraid of walking to our cars at night. Right? Matter of fact, we can walk with a little strut. Right? Yeah, we can walk with a little strut because God is with us. That's right. God, God is with us. He's watching over us. He's protecting us. Right? That's something that we always have to remember. Right? We can't get caught up in the things of this world. And, and, and what's the worst can happen if we die? That's right. That's right. And I'm glad you just said that. I'm glad you said that, right? Because this is not our home, right? So truth be told, we should not be comfortable here. That's right. Right? We should not be comfortable here. If we're comfortable here in this world, that's a problem, right? We're probably more comfortable than anything else, right? So when we see things going on in the world and it vexes us, that's a good thing, right? Because, yeah, we do, we do want the Lord to come. Right, we're, 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 we're standing in faith, we're anticipating, we're waiting for his return, because that's what we want. We should never be comfortable here. Never be comfortable. Alright, uh, let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 6. I promise I'm almost done. <laughs> 1 Timothy chapter 6, uh, verse 11. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. 
Fight the good fight of faith. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. I urge you in the sight of God who gives life to all things and before Christ Jesus who witnessed the good confession before Pontius Pilate, verse 14, that you keep this commandment without spot, blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ appearing. So understand, it is a commandment that we fight the good fight of faith. We're not to quit. We're not to give up. Right? So what does fight mean here? Fight means to contend with adversaries, contend with difficulties and dangers, to endeavor with strenuous zeal. So we're not to give up. Right? Lay hold of means to take possession of. We're to continue to fight. Just like in the Old Testament. Remember? Uh, Jacob was fighting. Fighting the Lord. And he's, he's holding on. He said, I'm not letting go until you bless me. Right? So even through the midst of the storm, we got to hold on. God is going God, God to bless us. Right? He is going to bless us. Even when we go through our trials and our difficulties, He's going to bless us. Right? But we, we got to hold on. We can't give up. We can't stop. We can't quit. We got to continue to press on. And we got to press on and doing the kingdom work. Right? We, we, got, we have to be the light in this world. We can't grow complacent. We can't be comfortable here. We, we just can't. We can't be comfortable with, uh, with the sinners in the world, with what they're doing. We, we can't be comfortable with that. And see, that's the trick of the enemy, too. He wants us. Right? So all the things that are coming on TV now, right, even, even with the gay marriage and homosexuality, it's a, it's a trick of the enemy to get us comfortable, to, to be content with it, right? But we know what the Bible says. We know the Bible says it's wrong. But that's what, and, it, and it's really attacking our young people, right? Because now our kids, they, they just say, it's okay. Right? It, it, it's okay. But it's not okay according to the Bible. Right? It's not. But again, it's the trick of the enemy. He's playing on the minds. Right? But we can't be ignorant of his devices. We, we, we just can't. We have to be Amen. wise as serpents. Yes. Right? Wise as serpents. Amen. Right? So we have to know what, it, what he's trying to do. Right? So now, the unlost, the unsaved, they can be fooled by it, but we shouldn't be fooled by it. Amen. So I'll read this real quick. Uh, well, no, somebody uh, somebody said this uh, before, uh, yesterday, matter of fact. I was at a meeting yesterday and they said this and I wrote it down. So, refuse to worry because there will always be something in this world that causes us to worry. Mm -hmm. Because it's the results of a fallen world. Mm -hmm. Right? And because Phil talked about it, uh, uh, not this Wednesday, Wednesday before, that we get ahead sometimes, right? We think two, three, four days next week, right? But let us be concerned with today, yes. right? Let us be concerned with today, right? Again, the enemy would like us to look ahead. That way we can get worried, right? That, that's what he wants. He wants us to worry, to be in fear, all right? So last, last verse, um, chapter here, Luke chapter 12. I'll just let this close it out itself. Luke chapter 12, verse 25 and 26. Very familiar text when you hear it. And which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Amen. So we, we can't get caught up in worrying and being in fear and, and, and things like that. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, let's bow our heads.